bag of dough, Monday morning coffee, strong corn, everything you got into a paycheck Friday night. Your power stroke, diesel, backhoe, riding, king of beers, 18-wheeler, driving, living life in between the lines of clocking in and quitting time. But then the six-string circus comes to town, we hang them speakers over the crowd. Alright, this is Randy with the Renegades on Dirt. Kaylee's not in the studio yet, but he's on his way. He promised he'd be here. Uh, we'll see when he shows up. In the meantime, I got on the phone with us tonight uh, Paul Schultz, the driver of the number 101 sprint car, traditional style. How are we doing tonight, Paul? We're doing good, Randy. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Out doing a little plowing, it sounds like. Yeah, um... You know, it's one of those deals where the couple snow storms we've had has put down a pretty good amount. So uh, just trying to push banks uh, back a little bit. So if you hear me go, oh, beep, get ready for a beep. I might have ran into a tree or something if I get a little sidetracked. <laughs> well, I promise if you run into a tree, we'll have to edit it out in post. <laughs> yep, yep. Hey, just try, try not to do that. Trees are hard to replace. They take a long time yeah, to go right. back. <laughs> right, there you go. <laughs> but at least you'll have firewood. Yep. Well, so let's just jump right into this, because you've known Kaylee pretty much all of your life, right? Um, I've known, I've known Kaylee a long time. It's kind of funny. We actually met, um, you know, our paths probably crashed, crossed more times than we realized but i believe we were about 15 16 i don't remember if i was quite driving yet Kaylee was a year behind me in school and uh we were working at the racetrack actually putting up uh if anybody's ever been to the grand Rapids speedway they got all the the pit tires that and the fence and the poles and all that stuff we were actually helping install that way back uh basically when wazona first kind of started there so I got to know Kaylee, uh, giving a hand at the racetrack. And then, uh, you know, I, it got to the point where I started driving before him, uh, street driving. Cause I was 16. Of course I was a little bit older. And then I started picking Kaylee up, giving her rides to school and whatever. And then we just, yeah. So going on, uh, I hate to give away my age here, but going on quite a few years, <laughs> at least 20. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Now, was that when West Range Racing took over the racetrack from uh, Corey Slusher? Um, of course, I was, you know, of course, it was a, a while ago. And, he, yeah, I'm going to say it was right about that ballpark. I don't remember exactly what year Corey um, no longer had it. And if it went right into West Range, I believe it did. Um, you know, of course, I like I said, I was pretty little and maybe not a hundred percent involved at that time but you know i used to my dad used to drag me to the meetings and we'd go and like you say and help out the racetrack and all that kind of stuff so we were always involved but you know uh i wasn't maybe able to soak in all the politics or whatever happened there exactly probably more of a 
of a lack of a care factor? Well, <laughs> right. When you're that age, you're kind of like, uh, I just want to see race cars. I just want to race or I want to drive. I just, I don't, you don't worry about how you're going to do that, you know? Yeah. You, you just want to get the car and wheel. Right. Yep. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> at that point, it's still something to do with your buddies. Right. You know, and that's what it was back then. It was still just, it was still seriously a hobby. Yeah. Whereas now it's gotten like everybody wants to be a professional. And it's kind of taken a lot away from the sport in in that respect. Right. And that's exactly right. You know, so right. You you go back in time, uh, you know, when a person first started, right. You literally went to the racetrack. Uh, whether, you know, like with me, I started going because my dad was involved and he always was helping guys build cars. And, uh, right. It was a bunch of friends and you, you gained the rivalries on the racetracks, but for the most part, everybody got along. They, uh, strapped the helmets on. They went out there, did did their best with what they had and they all had a beer or or celebrated together afterwards, you know, and then as you fast forward now, 25, 30 years, um, everybody is spending and investing so much money that the ability to enjoy those racing or those moments uh, becomes stressful because you're like, look, I got a lot of money tied up. I need to get, you feel pressured to get results or you maybe don't want to share a secret with a friend of yours because well, it costs you a lot of money to get a different car or a tip or whatever it may be, you know? Right. Right. And yeah, because, I, I know when we first started out, when I first started out, uh, more than 20 years ago, <laughs> it, it wasn't a whole lot of anything to walk over to somebody that had a similar style car and say, hey, what tie rod ends are you using? You got an extra one? I broke one. And right. they hand you a whole tie rod, pretty much all set up. All you had to do was adjust it a little bit for length and bolt it in, take it out at the end of the night and give it back to them. Say, hey, thanks a lot. Once you're loaded up, you know anything we can do to help you and that was it i mean it yep. it wasn't oh no I, I i need everything i got you know you know the parts stores are I, still open I, I that was my favorite retort i loved hearing right. that one well, the parts store is still open i think they'll deliver to the track <laughs> yeah you jerk <laughs> yep. Yep. no and, and and over the years that kind of stuff i mean obviously to some level that is all still there and is still good. You know, there's a lot of people at the racetrack that are good people that are willing to help you out, but it has changed. You don't, I don't know, like I always kind of take, for example, the the tarps or the wheel well covers or the back covers or how, whatever you want to call them. You know, that, that guy may or may not have anything underneath there, but he's not welcoming you over to come take a look. You know, like, hey, look, I'm really struggling. You got the same car as I do. Uh, can I run some stuff by you? I've been trying this. It's not working. You know, to some respect, you always had to wade through some of the BS that those guys would give you anyway, but they also generally were willing to give you a hand. Now, you, whether they will or won't help you, you, you almost don't even want to ask. You're like, man, that guy just spent a lot of money to make that car go fast. I feel weird to ask him about like, well, what do you think of this? Or what do you think of that? You know? Well, yeah, and, you know, you see those little flags and banners and stuff hung all over these people's cars, and it's kind of like they're saying, don't even bother to come talk to me. Yep, yep. Yeah, it, it's, it's like they just closed the door and said, okay, I've got my little group of people that I'm content with. 
we'll see you on the racetrack. Right. And it just it, it it's gotten really cold in the pits. And, yep. And th- I think that's one of the things that I like about this series, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> yep. Right on. Because <laughs> I mean, when you when you started racing, your dad had been involved in the in the racing community since the early '60s, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yep. He he was uh, yeah basically uh, just like most kids at that age, you know hung out at the racetrack or started going, but I, right, exactly. I believe when he was 15, 16 years old. So yeah, in the mid sixties, um, he was building cars. Which, so, which is right about the same time that the Grand Rapids Speedway actually opened. Right. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm, I'm not, yeah. And I'm, unfortunately I'm not, I'm not either, you know, I mean, that's all part of the history of, of this area. And, you know, I think as you see, a lot of these racetracks develop, um, you know, like I believe this year was the first year Grand Rapids did a Hall of Fame deal. And I know Hibbing's been doing it for a couple of years, but, um, you know, Dave Aho himself has a lot of uh, history type stuff. And, you know, unfortunately, just like in any other history in the world, we're losing our veterans, uh, the people that have been around or seen this or done that. And we're so we're losing the stories or. Or like you said, basically the records of uh, you know when the track started, or who you know who was who ran it first, and who did this, and stats that go along with it. Yeah, and uh, Marky Trenberth has done a really good job of starting to get some of that stuff back out and getting it back out in the open eye with his uh, vintage racing on the Iron Range page on Facebook. You know, and I know I know he's got some stuff from the Grand Rapids Speedway that goes back into the late 60s i know yep and i've seen your dad's name and a bunch of that stuff but that just tells me that you kind of came from a family that was already involved in this sport and you started didn't you start with a four-cylinder or a pure stock hobby stock whatever they were at the time um so at the time at the time my dad was racing was racing super stock and um he was helping another guy by the name of Mitch Meyer or Mike Meyer, who is still involved with racing. And last year he was the head uh, tech man or the head official or whatever Grand Speedway and has raced over the years. But he had back then it was called a street claimer. Yeah. Um, and I and I don't remember exactly how it happened, but for whatever reason the driver's points didn't go to the uh, weren't associated with heat races. So the very first thing I drove was Mitch's street claimer for two year or two heat races and uh, i actually rolled it over <laughs> so i think that was from mitch's point of view like uh, maybe a short-lived uh, deal you know just because my dad's helping him it's still his baby you know and i get that <laughs> but um and then uh, the following year my dad basically you know kind of retired and said okay well here we're gonna you know so i started out in this basically a super stock class other than a couple heat races and up your stock or whatever you want to call it type car Okay. Okay. So you 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 kind of jumped in a little more power and got your feet a little more wet right away. Whereas I was thinking back in contrast to Kaylee starting out with a mini stock and his little four cylinder that he liked to drive up the corners instead of through them. Right. I I just say that because Kaylee just came in and sat down. Yeah. No. And and it's you know right. It's kind of funny because. You know, when you're that age, you just, you figure that being a race car driver, 
there's one way to get around the racetrack and that's just to put that gas on the floor and just turn the wheel. And I remember, um, back in the street claimer class, we were still pitted in the infield. I might've been maybe literally the last year. So when I was driving Mitch's car and, and, uh, kind of trying to get my feet wet there, I could never make the corner. I would literally go off up onto the bank and come down and there'd be stink weed all over the car and everything else. And my dad, you know, would kind of get to the point where he's trying to coach and he's like, well, when are you letting off the gas? And it's kind of like, well, I, I wasn't trying not to, you know I mean? I thought that was as simple as it gets, you know, just put it on the floor and turn the wheel. So. Well, that's kind of the way we all started though. Right. Probably. <laughs> what about you, Caleb? We hope was for it? the best. Pin it to the floor and hang on. Hey, buddy. Yeah. I'm, oh, it's really loud in my headphones. Yeah. Welcome. Oh, hey, yeah, yeah. Thanks for waiting, guys. Appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> so, no, I, uh, um, yeah, my first memory of Paul, aside from him uh, being, uh, or that car being upside down, I think he was piloting it. Um, yeah, we were just talking about when he rolled Mitch Meyer's car in the heat race. Yeah, yeah, no, he's uh, he's spot on. He's not lying about the uh, the throttle deal. When when he had a super stock uh, practice night in Rapids the first year, I think they went with Zoda. Uh, I can remember just listening to the car, and uh, he'd make a corner or two, and then he would spin out, and then he then he'd go again, and the all the old men just stood up on the corner and just laughed and said, "Oh yeah, no, he'll make her, he'll figure it out this time," and go, and you could just hear it every every lap. He's uh, yeah, I don't think a lot has changed. He's still kind of a throttle masher. <laughs> yeah, you know, I right, I I still like to kid myself and t- say it's that easy. I um, I am probably a little hard on that throttle, which you know, I guess sometimes works, sometimes it don't. Well, what uh, uh, did you did at least Randy introduce you as like the all-time hot lap champion? <laughs> no, I, I didn't get that carried away with it. <laughs> that's that's what I was planning on uh, on how I would have introduced you. So, it's uh, it's all about the show. That's uh, that's I think that's been uh, Paul's motto for uh, at least spoken motto the last couple of years. But I think it's been his uh, his motto the whole time. Yeah, yeah, we. Uh... Yeah, Kaylee and I can share a lot of stories, and, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see maybe what spills out here. But, um, you know, back back in the day, right, if uh, I hit the wall or skim the wall or I come in with concrete or whatever, and I'd always ask the guys, well, were there sparks? You know, right, because <laughs> we, we are entertainers, and in uh, one way or another, you know, the fans like that. And as a driver, that's one of my favorite things to watch is other racers that maybe are uh, are willing to put put their uh, senses beside them and just push <laughs> throw, it. To throw see, caution to the to wind. See what's yeah. going to happen? <laughs> yeah, we were when we were younger. We were uh, at Cedar Lake Speedway for the Outlaw Show, and uh, it was a pretty big deal to watch the World of Outlaws. Um, I hadn't got to see him very many times, but we went down with with the Schultz family and. Uh, um, that night it rained and they kept trying to get it in and it would rain again. And, uh, I mean, I don't even remember the sprint cars, but, um, Paul know exactly what I'm talking about. There was, there was a gentleman with a modified that night. And every time it would rain, they make those guys go out and pack. And every time less cars would come out. And so they'd finally just turn them loose. And, uh, this guy, I mean, you couldn't even tell the thing was a modified by the end of the night, but it was like the most entertaining show. And, and of course where the, 
the two donkeys or three or four of us, I guess, standing in the grandstand in the rain, like just screaming for this guy. We actually went down and met him after the after the night was over because, uh, I mean, he he put on the greatest show ever and he wasn't even racing. <laughs> yep. I, I yeah, he, was still clean, he was still cleaning his car off. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's probably still could be. I mean, that was, I never saw a car so, uh, so full of mud, but I mean, uh, of all the racers, he's the only one that appeared to have any fun that night whatsoever. And we loved it. <laughs> I remember getting in trouble for doing that in Hibbing one year. Yeah. We're all on the track for, or, uh, packing and there's like six classes of cars on the track packing and I'm way down on the bottom in hobby stock. It starts to rain. Everybody jumped for the high side and my car would not climb the hill to get off the track <laughs> so i just kept on the gas and kept making donuts until it finally went up off the track yeah uh, yeah i got yelled at a lot for that what did it did you guys get the night in anyway did yeah you, yeah so you helped you were helpful <laughs> that's, yep. that's what i said at the pit meeting and they're like we'll talk to you later right. oh no i'm in trouble <laughs> yeah no i think that's uh and i think that's part of what is going to make paul a uh uh, even better sprint car driver than he's shown so far um, is that uh, that attitude. He uh, uh, definitely not afraid of anything, and uh, um, yeah, I just uh, I I can't. I mean, of course, been one of my best friends for many many years, but uh, probably the most underrated driver, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, but um, you know, if you pay attention to to Paul on the racetrack, it's there's very seldom a dull moment. Um, and when I'm not able to get up on the uh, on the holler and watch him, I can usually tell what's going on by uh, by what's going on on top of his trailer, because <laughs> uh, there's a lot of oohs and oh and whoa, what's he doing? <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, it's pretty fun to watch. Yeah, John's not exactly afraid about being animated, is he? Oh no, no, he's uh, no, he's, he's again not not afraid of much either. So, so the, the apple didn't fall far from the tree for sure. So. But, it, uh, it is kind of funny because we talked about the coaching, right? Uh, yeah, the, the coaching after all these years uh, doesn't go away. And I guess, you know, that's that's part of it. You know, that's part of it. You know, I'm I'm thankful that I've, I've had all the laps and all the time that I've had together with my dad. And, you know, throughout the years, obviously, we uh, don't always remain calm, just like uh, – you know, most families or most anytime you're involved in a motorsport, right? You're a gentleman. Um, but through all of it, you know, my dad's always, yeah, he ain't scared to tell you where you went wrong. And in a roundabout way, we always try to figure out how to get faster one way or another, I guess. Yeah. And he's, uh, well, I mean, he's been one of the uh, major reasons why we even have a series. And uh, um, of course, it's funny because no matter where we go or whatever, who's racing with us, he's, again, not afraid to, uh, to let his presence be known, which is uh, part, part of why we, uh, when he wanted to take over uh, being the tire guy that kind of monitored, you know, if guys were using newer used tires, uh, he was kind of perfect for it because there's not very many people that are going to argue with him. So <laughs> Now, Paul, you've driven basically every class that there is, except for, I don't, I don't think I've seen you in a Mini Mod or a, or a Hornet. So if it's had an eight-cylinder, um, you've pretty much driven it. Yeah, I guess, you know, I, I have dabbled. I, I drove one guy's mod for, for him one night. Um, and, you know, late model is not, is a car actually, um, I forget the year, back when the 100, Wazota 100 was in Brainerd, um, George Ledeen, I actually, uh, he had to work 
Uh, so we made an arrangement. I think my dad or myself hauled down. We hauled down my car and then uh, brought down George's late model. And I actually, they had like a practice day and I ran it down there. So otherwise I haven't really drove a late model, but uh, yeah, I spent most of my time in uh, between the super stock and the modified class, I guess. And you've had a lot of success. I mean, you've won track championships. You've won a lot of invitationals. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of one of them where I, I, I reflect back on my, my racing career and there's a lot of things that I've done that I've uh, been very happy um, about. And I would definitely like to say we've had some successes, but you know, I've been fortunate and unfortunate all at the same time to race against a lot of good racers. I've, you know, throughout most of my career, I've raced against Ryan Aho or a Kelly Esty or a Daryl Nelson or some of these guys that, uh, you know, they're not going to give you anything so if you're in those class with those guys, yeah, you know, maybe the wins, I don't have the wins anywhere near those guys, but every one, they made you earn. And, you know, so I guess um, I like to look at kind of, right, the competition I was racing against is, uh, you know, in my opinion, second to none. Those guys, those three guys that I just named right there can go anywhere in the country and win a race. Right. In, and in and you got to torture all of them at some point. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you made it easy on them either. I know uh, Ryan would have some stories where uh, he might have made have uh, put some uh, uh, ripples in his deck tin when you were taunting him on cautions and whatnot. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, the times. Yeah, there was time. Out out of those out of those years, which class did you have the most most fun in? Oh, boy. You know, I guess I kind of look at my transition years. The last, um, so let's see, it would have been like uh, basically 2001, 2002, 2003. We were were pretty successful in the Superstock class. And then uh, 2005, we switched to Modifieds, and we ran a little bit of both classes. Um, And then... I guess the first couple of years in the modified statistically were probably my, my best. And I guess the reason I look at those years as, as maybe the most fun I had is because, uh, at that point in my life, I, I don't want to say it was necessarily before I was married, but it was before I was married and had other responsibilities. We raced a lot and we traveled and we went places that you don't normally go. And we just got out there and did a lot of racing and, and part of that was the fun it was me and, uh, you know, the guys with me, I mean, back in my super stock days, there'd be days that my uncle Brian and, um, a friend of mine, turbine, we could talk about Mark Trembers. Yeah. He was actually uh, we'd our all guest ju- last week. Yeah. We would jump in a truck and, uh, we would spend four days bouncing around the country, wherever the sun was shining and we would have fun doing it. And spending a lot of money in the process, but well, not, yeah. not in that. I mean, not like, not like nowadays though. I mean, Right. Uh, definitely. Right. You know, nowadays my tire bill is probably, you know, in my modified and I ran it 16 nights was probably more than my tire bill was then running 80 nights, you know? Yeah. They're the old uh, dirt boss days. Yep. The old <laughs> so, dirt boss. The hard boss. Uh, I, I can remember, and, uh, how was it? Maybe Jamestown or it was someplace out there and you guys had ran, you were with, with Mark and a bunch of other guys. Um, and you'd ran, I'd been running a couple nights going into that night. And, uh, I want to say I was in a street stock still, but 
anyway, um, you know, you're, you're obviously out, you know, gallivanting across the uh, country with that super stock. And, uh, I remember Mark was describing the evening that you had had, it was pretty eventful. And I, I just still have the quote of, he was only on the track when he was crossing it. <laughs> and I still remember that. I still use that line. In fact, <laughs> that was, uh, it was, uh, but I mean, of course, obviously I had a blast, whatever happened. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, that, I don't remember the exact year, but that probably was right around the 2002, three, it was the fall of the year. And for whatever reason, uh, that year, um, I had Mark built me a new car during the summer and we debuted it the weekend. I think it was maybe the weekend after Labor Day. So we were, we did like the Grand Forks, the Corn Cobb Nationals, uh, tour and, uh, right. And, and, what actually happened is, and this is no fault of Marks because I I I ordered it or I installed it or whatever, but the quickener was off. So you don't think that that should be a lot, but I was really struggling with it. So I remember having to call my dad and have him meet us in Buffalo River to take the quick the quickener off of my uh, my old car, just you know, so it felt more like home, I guess. Right. Like the, I know we've seen them uh, guys have. Um, I don't remember if you could put them in backwards or something like that, but like from a, so it's opposite anyway. I don't remember if it was a specific one or what, but they have it in like backwards, right? So it's like, like 40 more turns to the, to get it locked to lock instead of faster. So, but, uh, yeah, but yeah I, I just remember, yeah, the Mark, of course, pretty animated, you know, telling the story. Yeah. That was, uh, well, and, and that's, you know, I, I actually had quite a few, uh, turbines cars. And that's one thing I always liked about Mark is, you know, uh, and, it, and this probably goes back to my dad, right? I'm, I'm used to, if I'm making a mistake, I want somebody to tell me like, Hey, you're just, you're coming into the corner too hard or you're leaving. Uh, heard that you know, one a couple times, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty, yep. And, and that's one thing I like to appreciate it about Mark, even as a builder, you know, he, he didn't look at, you know, me necessarily as a customer. He looked at me as a friend and, and he'd be, be like, yeah, you're like you said, you're the only time you're on the track is when you're crossing it. You know, like basically, you know, we need to figure out what's going on or what are you doing wrong or whatever, you know. And, and uh, you know, I guess I appreciate the honesty there. And, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, what those are. Uh, um, I think we all have memories from back in the. Back in the day. I, like our, those are our, those are our, you know, good old days or whatever. Glory days. Yeah, or whatever, exactly. Yeah. You know, before, exactly like you said before, we did have obligations and, and other things. And of course, that's one of the, one of the major, major things that it, it seems like we've lost, um, as, in racing as a whole. And so, uh, I think, I mean, you tell me, and I don't want to change your, the course of the discussion here. I want to hear more about your history, but I mean, that's part of the attraction with, uh, with what we're doing now, is it not? Yes. You know, uh, before uh, before you jumped on the line here, Randy and I were kind of talking about right the old days when you kind of went racing with your buddies and as drivers you kind of bounced ideas off of each other and you know hey this I'm trying this this isn't working you know have any suggestions and all that's kind of been lost and along with that is is uh, right the, the not only the camaraderie part of it but you know I I had never been to Greenbush and uh, you know I was fortunate enough last uh, Labor Day. You know, it felt a little bit weird strain from uh, from hitting. You know, that's probably been a Labor Day tradition of of our families for 30-plus years. But, you know, we got up to Greenbush. And, um, you know, I am kind of looking forward to uh, 
maybe not doing all of the traveling, but if it works out, we're definitely going to hit the road. And, and as a group of us going out together on the road together, I think that adds a whole other element that you get uh, that you don't get at, at the weekly grind, if you will. You know, instead of just showing up Grand Rapids or Hibbing or any other track for that matter and, and doing your thing, loading your car up and heading home. And at, with that, we're going to take a break and pay some bills. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. This is Renegades on Dirt. Old World Meats in Hermantown, Minnesota brings you a fresh new line of snack sticks. Beef snack sticks that are juicy, moist, tender, everything you want to be from a snack stick. And they come in about 30 different flavors. They keep rotating through the flavors. It's hard to keep track of them. My favorite, barbecue honey. Honey barbecue, however you want to say it absolutely to die for snack sticks <clears throat> old world meats down in hermantown minnesota the residual family making beef products for 75 years thanks a lot to old world meats hey are you feeling a little run down need a little pick me up got to get that little boost of energy to get you to the end of the day grab yourself a liquid nitro herbal energy shooter comes in a variety of flavors, a little three ounce size, gonna give you enough power to get to the finish line. If you don't think that's quite enough for you, get yourself a 16 ounce can. <clears throat> a variety of flavors available in that. My favorite, Tropical Storm. Liquid Nitro Energy Drink, giving you the power to get to the finish line, and that's noble. You're listening to the Renegades on Dirt podcast, and we are back in the studio, Kaylee and I. We got Paul Schultz on the phone, and we were just talking about the camaraderie base that goes along with the series of the Northern Renegades non-wing sprint car series. The drivers, a little bit more like a family and how we travel together. And, <clears throat> Paul, you were, you were talking about having never been to Greenbush before, and you've been racing for 25 Closer to 30 years, uh, probably 40 with your dad's time behind the wheel involved in there, too. You know, so ha having not been to that track before is kind of saying something. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I I, I think uh, for, I, I'm assuming for a lot of our drivers, um, you know, Kaylee's been to a million tracks. Um, you know, I guess I don't know fully Lance's uh, background, how many, you know, where he's got out and about, but for, I think for a lot of our drivers, um, I think that's part of the appeal. I know I heard a lot of, uh, last year we weren't able to make the green, uh, the grand forks, uh, trip and we weren't able to make Fargo on that run, but I know a lot of people, because that's a little more, maybe sprint car country, if you will, we're really excited to get to those racetracks. And I, and I think, I think that is part of the fun um, is getting to places that maybe are on a bucket list if you have one or places you've never been or and just to get out there and see what you can do against on a surface that you've never seen before. And I, I think a lot of it has to do with racing tracks you've never been to. I mean, great, you run Grand Rapids, you run Hibbing, you run Superior, you run Proctor, you do that four nights a week for 20 years. It's I would imagine there's got to be some kind of monotony to that where it gets dull and old hat i'll tell you what i think i think with paul and i and of course you know uh, being being good friends and our families our kids every you know we're all but uh you know 
I'm going to beat him every time I'm on the racetrack, and he's going to beat me every time he's on the racetrack. I'm assuming. I don't mean to paraphrase for you, but, um, you know, for me and going to these places, it's as much about uh, putting on a show for uh, for a different crowd um, and seeing what, what I can do or, or you know, Greenbush was a great example. Um, I think it was the Saturday show. Paul was just ridiculously fast. Um, like, I mean, the fastest I had seen him and also the most aggressive I had seen him and was doing stuff with that sprint car that uh, I didn't honestly know that he had the ability to do. And it just like totally motivated me like, oh, okay, well, I guess we, I guess we're, uh, we're moving on now. We're, uh, we're, we're to the next level. The funny yeah. part about that is that Paul probably didn't know he could do that either. <laughs> wow. Well, a lot of things I, I, was, I was waiting to hear how it ended <laughs> because, uh, you know, that, you know, that's, I, one of my signature moves maybe, right. Is, is, is pushing it too far, and then you're like, huh, well, that didn't work. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it certainly, uh, I guess, yeah, that was, that night was, uh, I mean, the result wouldn't show probably where, you know, what the performance had been, but, uh, man, it was, uh, but to me, that's like when we went out to Fargo um, and, and Grand Forks, uh, like, when you drive a sprint car, and I, you can say whatever you want about our sprint cars, but when, when you show up and you're a sprint car driver, you get looked at different, you get treated different. Um, and all them other guys in the pits can say whatever they want about, you know, uh, you know, time takes too long or this or that, all the stuff that's not even true. But um, what I see when we're rolling out to the grid is guys crawling up on top of their haulers to watch. Um, even if it's uh, to uh, just see if there's chaos or whatever, but sprint cars have that attraction. And, and uh, so to be able to travel and go to other places as a group with your friends um, and then have these kind of, you know, I don't, I don't know if you call it a rivalry or whatever. I mean, I, honestly, there's there's very few people in the world that I, uh, um, you know, care about uh more than than Paul and his family, but uh, but uh, you know on the racetrack, like I got no problem driving in on him or or whatever it takes, you know, and uh, and I expect the exact same thing from him. Um, I, it wouldn't I, be fun if it wasn't. I see a lot of good-natured sibling rivalry. It, it, it's it's <laughs> not like it, it yeah. It, it's not like two sets of strangers on the on the racetrack. It's like there's a a family out there racing, and they're just out to one up each other so they can give each other crap about it over beer and at the fire pit later absolutely yep. absolutely and that's, that's i think part of what we want to project to our fans is uh you know they don't it, it's just a just a heck of a show um you know especially if the track's got a little stick to it i mean you got you already have a handful of guys who aren't afraid um and so you know we can we can sing kubaya and <laughs> and uh you know say about oh, how God. friendly it is and it, and it is great but you know what the fans see is uh you know no different than what you'd see at any other race except at the end we're all laughing and uh, ribbing each other you know yeah. and uh, not not mad pouting in our trailers and going home <laughs> nobody's in their trailer throwing tools well you can't because you don't have an enclosed trailer so you throw tools somebody <laughs> else is going to own them right right <laughs> and, and i think that part of this podcast and and maybe part of uh, uh kind of the fun part of this is is to to help the fans or the people that maybe don't know like Kaylee and I's history or Josh or Tyler or, or Ron or, um, you know, all the teal, all these guys that have done these podcasts is, is it a kind of maybe gives a little sneak peek into who these people are and maybe some of their background stories, but you're right. If, if, if nothing else comes out of this podcast, 
I hope that we inspire some people to uh, literally watch the, yeah, you can call it rivalry, whatever you want, but if Kaylee and I are on the racetrack together, I, I have no doubt that either one of us uh, are willing to just put it all out there because uh, we may, we may slow ourselves down by seconds on the racetrack because we're burning the tires off of our car, but we, we want to beat that other guy. The rest of the show all of a sudden stops. The max, like, maximum okay, effort being it. given. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I think that's part of the fun. And I hope if nothing else, somebody might be like, all right, they're on the track together. We got to watch what happens. Well, I know that's what our wives do. Um, I, I don't <laughs> I think either one of them is going to be surprised, and I think they actually have practiced their disappointed <laughs> looks for the moment that we do actually flip each other over at some point. But uh, yeah. but uh, so far it hasn't happened. But that's, uh, yeah, I think even when, uh, when, when the series was brand new and we were uh, just, you know, there was three, four of us out there, um, as soon as you knew you couldn't win, um, you know, I don't want to speak for Paul, but as soon as I knew, I knew I couldn't win that race. Um, I had my head looking backwards, trying to figure out where he was. And, uh, and then it was just game on like back and forth, you know, just trying to, trying to see if you could, uh, slide job him or scare him or, you know what I mean? Back and forth. And I, I, I feel like that's, uh, you know, just, just doing that has got to be kind of fun to watch. I know it's a hell of a lot of fun in the car and I know the, the closer we get or the more, uh, aggressive that we are um the sterner talking to i get when i get back to the pit for my wife so <laughs> so i know it was pretty good then yeah <laughs> yeah the best the best gauge of how you did on the track is how bad you get your butt chewed in the pit <laughs> kind of yeah it's like you know you two are gonna wreck each other one of these days you know and whatever like yeah i know i know it's gonna happen no paul you and, and it- yeah, and that's where it defaults. It's back to uh, it's all about the show, right? Exactly. One way or another, we're there to we're there to entertain somebody. Right, right. Even if it's ourselves. <laughs> we had a hell of a good time. I don't know about anybody else. It's like this podcast guy. Now, so. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> now, Paul, you've you've been involved in the Northern Renegades since they started. Was was this all Kaylee's idea? Did he get in your ear and get you into a sprint car, or was it like? Well, he's got one. I want one. Uh, well, I I kind of don't really know how this happened. It was kind of funny because it was, uh, well, yeah, I guess I don't, you know, a couple years ago or whatever when Kaylee, before Kaylee even got his, his car, um, you know, it was getting close to the 4th of July or the World Outlaw show around the 4th of July every year at Cedar Lake. And my dad's like, oh, yeah, Kaylee and I are talking about running down and, uh, watching the world outlaws and you know, whatever I looked at my schedule or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that sounds fun. Let's go. So the three of us, well, I'm Peyton, uh, went down there and we're like, well, let's get a pit pass. And I'm like, all right, I'm always game just to wander around and look at race cars. And pretty soon we're going to all these wingless cars and looking at them. And then pretty soon they're, we're gravitating towards the ones that are for sale. And I'm like, well, what is going on here? <laughs> and my dad and Kaylee basically are like, well, you know, I mean, we're kind of whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I, was, I don't know anything about them, so I'm like, well, that you know, right? The typical response: well, it's a sprint car. I don't know nothing about them. That ain't never gonna happen. Uh, you know, <laughs> you didn't know anything about a modified either. Yeah, right. But they were at least around, so I have looked at them before. You know, <laughs> and uh, so my dad and Kaylee, you know, kind of went in together or whatever, and and got that first car, and and then all of a sudden I'm like, well, yeah, you know, it wasn't. 
I'm going to say it was, I'm going to blame it a little bit, maybe a little bit more on my dad because he was kind of uh, maybe, maybe up to date on the vision, if you will, or had a, had an idea in his head or between him and Kaylee had an idea of, of what this could be. And I'm like, well, I've got a race car. Why do, you know, kind of, I don't know. But then my dad was on board and, and uh, so I kind of thought about it and I actually picked up uh, a car from down in Iowa uh that i think later that fall and uh unbeknownst to my wife kind of surprised i was gonna say there's it. there's a couple more parts to this whole story <laughs> yeah. that, that uh, and, you should uh, be telling she, uh, she's like well so now we got two race cars and i'm like well you know it's kind of only going to be part-time and and uh you know fast forward a little bit my dad no we have up, a race car uh, and a modified honey <laughs> right um oh. jory jury got out um and my dad picked up all of the jury stuff which was just better equipment than what we had going so um i actually sold that car then to um jason surface and he had kenny roan driving it for him and so then basically i just started driving for my dad at that point and and uh yeah so do you mind do you mind telling it um because i i think we let you take my car out on the track right and, and hot lap it at one night in rapids um, yeah. Was that the same night that uh, um, was was a little more expensive night for you? Was that right? Actually, that's a good point because that kind of I think what led to me going down to that road in Iowa. Um, yeah, exactly. So Kaylee brought this new spring car to the Rapids. And he's like, "Well, you know, they'll let us hot lap a little bit," and I drove it, and it's like, "Well, damn, this thing's pretty fun." <laughs> and I, I had a brand new engine in my mod that or fresh or whatever you want to call it. And I blew it up. Oops. And so I, I was sitting in the infield in a, in a cloud of smoke. I kind of thought I, I just lost more of an investment than Kaylee has on a whole car. And I'm like, you know, at this point in my career between, you know, being a family and having kids and trying to justify the expenses of, of continuing to do that kind of racing. I just, I couldn't justify it anymore in my head. And uh, so, yeah, that kind of what led me to be like, all right, I'll buy into this and see where it goes and, and feel it out for a couple of years. And here we are. Well, I mean, and let's be honest, we all, when Jory first brought it to my attention, he said, okay, it's a, like a B-Mod engine and a sprint car. It sounds, it sounds lame. Um, and that's, you know, and watching them at Cedar Lake against the uh, 410 cars, they're, they're still fast and they were put on a great show. Um but you know you're watching the the fastest race cars in the world, um, and so they they're they're all right. But until you get behind the wheel of one and see how fast I mean they truly are, it's uh, you know it's it's remarkable. And um, you know when you put lap times against each other, um, and you and you realize they're as fast as you know basically the all the late models we have around here, um, and and really not off the pace of a world of outlaw late model. Uh, put a wing on it and it's and it's actually uh, it can be a tick faster so i mean it's uh it's it's not as as it appears when you're a uh, know-it-all race car driver like like i was at one time anyway uh once you get behind the wheel it's a whole different deal yeah it's i, do, I don't know of anybody uh, and i guess for myself personally i have fun driving anything i'll drive an enduro car i probably have a blast driving a hornet car I, I just like to, to do that, but you're right. That being said, you, the speed is there. Um, there is some element of danger, if you will, because a car is a lot smaller, you know, you can stick your arm out and, you know, so the thrill 
is there. And as a driver trying to satisfy those needs, uh, it's all there. So if you can um, do it for less money and, uh, you know, I like our schedule and kind of where we're going with that, you know, maybe less time, you know, it takes less time to maintain and all this other stuff. I mean, um, I guess, why wouldn't you, you know, and I, and I was hesitant to that and, you know, right. So the last couple of years I've, we've done double duty. Um, and I, I did end up, you know, my dad still owns the, the spring car and I just sold my modified. So we're going to give it, um, this year. Um, I, I keep telling myself, I'm going to give it one year to see what I really think, but I, I have a hard time convincing myself that it's not the way to go. <laughs> okay. Now, you just said you sold your modified. That's right, yep. folks. So That's you're, right. You're He's a full-time do... sprint car this year. He's, uh, he's not screwing around anymore. I just, see, I figured that was a BS rumor because Paul's been modified for the last 15, 16 years. I didn't figure he'd ever get out of him. Yeah, well, he's tired of getting second, so... He's got to get serious now. Well, he's got to get kidding. better. <laughs> I just like to antagonize him. He, uh, he snuck a couple of good ones out from underneath me last year and a couple other guys too. So, so, uh, but, but no, it's, uh, that's, uh, absolutely, uh, you know, for whatever, you know, I'll let him explain the reasons, but, uh, you know, I anticipate now, um, with his full attention on the sprint car that, uh, the 101 car will be, uh, you know, it'll be him and Jory. Uh, will kind of be the gatekeepers of our series for sure. And uh, if you're going to win, you're going to have to get past one of them two guys. Well, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a green car in there. But... Well, that's, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We, uh, hopefully the green thing, uh, it's still sitting in the garage dirty from uh, <laughs> from the last arriving drive. So uh, yeah, well, you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. But They say dirt makes it faster as it wears in. Ah, well, it'll, it should be well seasoned then. So. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so what, I mean, can you explain why, uh, um, you know, what led to getting rid of the modified? I mean, is it a change of, uh, you know, frame of mind or, or just expense or what do you think? Well, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of, a little bit of all of it, you know, um, I guess going back to the, it was hard to justify, uh, you go back three, four years ago, I had a, I had a JMR car that I absolutely loved. It was a, it was a, and, you know, in my opinion, a fast car, we did, we did pretty good with it. Um, we actually uh, had an opportunity to sell that. So we sold that car and then I, I pulled uh, my 2011 millennium out of the, literally out of the bushes. And, uh, my buddy Kevin and my dad and I, um, we, we did what I'm going to say, we did what we, we could with that car. I'm really happy with the things we did with that because it, it you know, it's way outdated in comparison, but we had some success with it. And, but that success was getting harder and harder. Last year I tried, um, you know, I had the old debate in my head about while well, rebuilding one of my spec motors and the cost of that versus like a crate motor. So I actually purchased a crate motor just to see if, you know, maybe that would prolong um, my life in the modified class, if you will. Like if I could make the crate motor work, uh, you know, maybe that's easier to justify. And we had some struggles with that. I, you know, I was used to having the power. I didn't, you know, my driving style uh, was not used to to that, that crate power. And, um, you know, kind of just convinced myself, like, look, if, if I'm going to keep racing modified, 
I'm going to have to be okay with outdated stuff, uh, basically taking what I can get. And, you know, I was worried about wearing out, even though what I had was outdated. I also had a hard time justifying replacing it. So, you know, I would run 15 nights a year, which is hard to compete against a guy that's running three, four nights a week. And, and, uh, you know, because I didn't want to wear out what I did have left. And, and in the spring car world, even though I'm still used to it, um, it, it certainly appears that that's not the case. You know, I, I couldn't even tell you the year of my chassis. Um, I rely heavily on jury, um, and, uh, and hopefully, uh, I can pick his brain even more throughout the winter and continue to work with jury, um, and, and under, try to understand these because I have never been around the spring car, but because I don't know the year, because I don't know much about them and we have had a little bit of success, it gives you the hope that, you know, I think a lot of people could jump into this class, uh, with limited knowledge, if you will, and limited experience and have some success because the cars and the, the power ratio are, are balanced. It's not, you're not putting yourself out of the ball game right out of the bat. Well, I've, I've said it, I don't know how many times on the podcast and I'll continue to say it. If you're, if you're a uh, wheel man, um, if you can drive, you know, like these cars are going to show that you can drive. And if you can't drive, well, you're, you're going to learn. And, uh, um, and that'll show as well. I mean, and that's, uh, but there's no place to hide. And that's what I love about it. I mean, so even with your limited knowledge, um, and I mean, Jory has obviously helped a lot, but you know, it, there's just not, not a ton of things you have to do to the cars. So, you know, your talent can show. Um, and I, one other thing I wanted to point out was, uh, with that, that modified deal was, um, you know, it was amazing or I don't know what the word is, but it was the coolest thing to watch from a distance <clears throat> that, uh, here you're out there with this, uh, this 2011, um, car that has been, you know, basically reworked and worked over and, and, uh, uh, you know, with, with these old spec motors and whatever, and, uh, still winning races, um, against these, you know, and it's not an exaggeration to save 50, 60, $70,000 modifieds at a weekly show and um running right with them and then you know a little jaw jacking going on after the races about this and that and it's like i mean i don't i don't know how you how you could stop yourself from just you know pointing out the obvious like dude you you're mad at me and i just beat you with like a eight-year-old car with half the motor and like one third or or, or one eighth of the expense and and you're mad at me like why, why don't you call loser and order a couple new tires pal yeah, you know, and unfortunately, I, you know, I, I think it, you know, I'm living in my example of that. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people in that scenario that, you know, like myself, like I either have to be okay with getting third or fourth with what I got, or you quit. And you know, I'm, I didn't, I don't really want to quit doing it. And so I was kind of on a like on a on a slow death, if you will. And to be honest, this, this spring car uh, gig probably couldn't have came along at, at a better time and is kind of showing, I hope, showing to people that, uh, you know, there is life after death, if you will, or whatever. I mean, Lance is another good example of a guy that, you know, had his reasons for getting out of the sport and uh, going to get back in it. And he showed it last year driving part-time uh, between him and Teal and you know, Lance's got a new car going. He's gonna be a he's gonna be a hitter. Uh, Duranco's story is kind of the 
kind of the same but different. You know, I mean, I think we all have our reasons for getting into it. Um, and I think it's going to be an interesting year. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's, uh, there, it's not going to be long. I mean, it already is. Um, uh, there's already, you know, five or six cars that are contenders every night, but uh, it's not going to be long before some of these other guys uh, that are getting in right now are, are going to pick up speed. And, uh, you know, I, I have no doubt that in, you know, two or three years, um, you know, we will have, uh, you know, consistently like the show to watch. Um, just because of the nature of the car and the people involved. And, um, you know, I've never actually been worried about us getting cars. Uh, I, I always knew that this would come if if uh, enough people, you know, if we could keep it alive long enough for people to start seeing what it was. Um, and now it's just exploding, so. Exploding in a lot of areas. I mean, not just in this region. Uh, no, no, we, uh, we field calls kind of weekly um, from from different areas of the country looking for uh, insight into the rules package and whatever and actually in January I don't know if I've ever said this before or not but we're um, uh, getting together all of the uh, the series that exist right now um, and kind to kind of put together a how you do a package and uh, something that if somebody is truly serious about uh, you know adopting these rules and and doing things our way and the thing that we've learned in the last year is that it has to be the whole package like you can't just kind of partly do this and try and integrate it with other stuff you can't you can't change this equation and make it work um, you know the other touring series that was uh, was out there is is not uh, wasn't able to sustain beyond and is uh, won't be competing next year I mean it's it's just you know this package works and uh, and for all the reasons cited but in my opinion the the biggest one is because you know, drivers can drive and they put on a show and they do what they're going to, I mean, you put Paul and I, uh, with, you know, at, at the grocery store with shopping carts and yeah. I'm a, I'm a whip his ass. <laughs> you know, <Yes>. so, <laughs> I, I got a feeling that's going to involve lights and sirens. Right. Yeah. No, in my mind, that's what's, that's where we're at. I mean, but you know, and, and I guess, I don't know when the appropriate time is, but you know, when we were in high school, uh, you know, we used to, everything was a competition. I mean, uh, girls, uh, our trucks, I mean, you name it. Um, if we could race it, we did. And, uh, um, you know, in auto class, um, we would, uh, after after school or after the class, you'd bring the trucks outside and, and uh, we would stage them side by side. And then when the bell rang, you had to go park your vehicle and then get to your next class, right? And so we would hide each other's keys. And uh, so the bell would ring and we would race out to our trucks. And, you know, you got to search around and find your keys wherever they're hidden. And then, uh, you know, of course, we'd find them at the same time. And then we'd get, and you actually had to drive a left turn kind of downhill around the tech center down to the, the uh, parking lot. And uh, one particular time, I th I'm, I'm going to say it was 50%, you know, 50% of the time I won, 50%. I don't know if that's true, but because I can't really remember. But I remember one time, and it had snowed. And we were neck and neck going into the corner. Does, does your mom listen to this podcast? <laughs> I, I doubt it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we, we went into that corner, and, uh, of course, neither one of us was going to lift. And uh, I got a little bit of a push, and I, I think I got a little help because I drove in. I was underneath him, and uh, I drove in the corner, and I got the edge. And uh, I think he might have caught my bumper a little bit, but... Uh, I mean, or either way, I picked up a push and uh, basically drove it right off the end of the corner into the into the big snowbank into the brush, and uh, it was he he drove off and of course uh, hanging out the window screaming that he had won, you know, and then and then uh, went went to his next class, you know, and I could hear him the whole way cheering and then and, uh, and uh, kind of badgering me or whatever, but 
so I, there's no way the truck was coming out. Um, so I, I locked it up and went to my next class and made her about 10 minutes before I got called down to the principal's office and <laughs> had to try and explain what exactly had gone on. And I was able to go so far into the ditch in such a short distance of, uh, of, of moving. So, but, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, if you want a little insight and in where all this starts, it's, I mean, even back then it's been, uh, been like this. So never, never a shortage of uh, competition between us. Oh man. Good stuff. <laughs> and we will be back in just a couple of minutes. We're going to take a little commercial break here, and we'll be back shortly. This is the Renegades on Dirt. Palmer's Tavern in downtown Hibbing, Minnesota has been a park edition tradition for 75 years. Stop in and check out their signature Donato Burger. Absolutely mouthwatering. They got bone-in and boneless hot wings, beer on tap, and 12 big screen TVs to watch the games on. Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota Wild, it doesn't matter. You're going to catch every shot, touchdown, and goal. Don't forget, check out their daily rotating specials. That's Palmer's Tavern in downtown Hibbing, Minnesota, a park edition tradition for 75 years. Palmer's Tavern. Old World Check them out on Facebook, Facebook.com. Brings you a fresh new line of snack sticks. Beef snack sticks that are juicy, moist, tender. Everything you want to be from a snack stick. And they come in about 30 different flavors they keep rotating through the flavors it's hard to keep track of them my favorite barbecue honey honey barbecue however you want to say it absolutely to die for snack sticks <clears throat> old world meats down in hermantown minnesota the residual family making beef products for 75 years thanks a lot to old world meats Hey, are you feeling a little run down? Need a little pick-me-up? Gotta get that little boost of energy to get you to the end of the day? Grab yourself a liquid nitro herbal energy shooter. Comes in a variety of flavors, a little three ounce size, gonna give you enough power to get to the finish line. If you don't think that's quite enough for you, get yourself a 16 ounce can. <clears throat> a variety of flavors available in that. My favorite, Tropical Storm. Liquid Nitro Energy Drink, giving you the power to get to the finish line, and that's noble. We're back with the Renegades on Dirt podcast with Paul Schultz on the phone with us, Kaylee Emerson and I in the studio, and we were just talking about how Paul and Kaylee tried to keep themselves out of jail during high school. Oh, we didn't try very hard. <laughs> we just, fortunately, we didn't ever get caught, really. <laughs> yeah, until you had to explain it to the principal why your truck was buried six feet in the muskeg swamp. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, the uh, the same. What, what was Mr. Gramke? What was his title? He was like the school I, officer or something. Yeah, I yeah parking lot police, but yeah, I I think he went beyond that. So yeah, <laughs> he was he was he, pretty we serious. We had several run-ins with the Gramke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he didn't. Uh, I don't think he appreciated either one of our uh, delinquency. Uh, antics <laughs> so but uh but yeah no uh the city a city dump truck actually had to come uh, uh get pull me out um and they they provided that service though free of charge so you, mean, you, you, mean, you mean paul wouldn't pull out a competitor uh well first off he he didn't have a four-wheel drive truck 
um, which gave me a slight advantage, even though I'd never admit to having used four-wheel drive ever. Might, might have been a little reason why I had a push. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, I, would, I, I wouldn't admit it at the time. But, uh, but yeah, no, he had a uh, super cool, uh, was a 71 uh, Chevy pickup with, a, like, a super stock engine in it, basically. I mean, is that, is that accurate, Paul? Yeah, it, it was, uh, yeah, pretty much two-wheel drive, old vintage truck that, um, we had hopped up a little bit. So, uh, just go all the way back. Um, I was like a little dorky kid who just loved race cars and that was pretty much it. It hasn't um, changed much. No, no, no. I'm just a dorky man. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so, uh, um, we would, uh, of course we'd go to the races and, you know, loved the street claimers and watching the orange cars and whatever. And, um, but, uh, John, I think we were at the racing meeting. It was the first time I ever remember seeing Paul. Um, but then, uh, um, John, I think offered up Paul's services to give me a ride to school. Um, I'm assuming that's kind of how that came along, but, uh, all I knew is he was picking me up for school. So the first day, you know, I'm waiting outside, um, you know, like in my dorky clothes, like just hanging out and the super cool loud truck pulls in, you know, you know, slotted wheels. And, uh, and I don't remember if it was, I think it was white at that time. Um, but I get in, he's got Nirvana playing. He's got like the coolest hat ever. It's got this like machine Chevy emblem, you know, on the shifter, you know, and, and he's banging through the gears. It was like, wow. Like my coolness went up like 50 points right then. And I was real careful not to abuse my privilege. I would try and separate from him right away when we got to school. But, uh, but he was pretty much like the coolest guy ever. And, uh, and then, yeah, so, so it's kind of neat to have grown to be actually his friend and then you know of course as competitive as we've been or whatever i mean it was i would be lying if i said it wasn't like you know some of like the fundamental things that help form who i am and how i interact with people and my competitiveness and everything so yeah it, well and, I, and we talked a little bit randy and i talked a little bit about that as just kind of talked about right basically we met at the racetrack when we were working there and oh that's and, right uh, yeah that's right you know it, it just you know right racing more or less brought us together and and uh here we are a lot of years later right and our i mean literally it's weird because our you know our our lives are kind of mirrors um you know our kids are born roughly at the same time and my son and his oldest daughter uh go to school together in the same class and uh um my youngest daughter my young my daughter and then his youngest daughter uh because you know the lord saw fit for him to have uh two girls probably to pay for some of his indiscretions early in life uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> somehow i can see that being a truthful statement ah absolutely <laughs> so, but uh but no so uh and they're they're in the same class and they're they're good friends so uh, i mean it's it's crazy we actually go on a uh, wife organized motorhome journey after racing's done every year and uh to get the families and stuff together and it's it's just remarkable how uh how everything's kind of fallen into place and been able to uh to stay close now that were your wives friends before you and paul met or before uh no no i don't believe so no nope. uh, so no, they're just now they're just friends, you know, united in like misery, having having donkeys like us for husbands. So <laughs> no, they're pretty much the same person though, in a way. I mean, they're both uh, they're both very uh, authoritative, maybe you'd say. 
Um, and I, that's absolutely what's needed for, at least for me anyway, to keep me in line. Um, you know, you can't, and I would assume Paul's the same way. <laughs> well, you're yeah, kind of, I'm very lucky to have, uh, I've had the banker for this, but it, she came along and, uh, helped me, uh, make better decisions with my life if that's what you call it right, right. i mean depending on how you look at it but no that's uh structure <laughs> I, I i call it structure like i think uh that's what what hillary has brought into my life is some <laughs> some structure and you know and a lot of like pillows and blankets and randomness that we wouldn't otherwise have but but uh but yeah no it's uh you got to have somebody that's actually guiding the ship because uh um i think free spirits uh like us we'd we probably would have uh, would have found a way to yeah have self-destructed by now. Right. I've got a feeling Paul's wife has been looking out the front window of the house a couple of times, going, "What in the hell is he doing in the truck still?" <laughs> it's actually actually funny. Uh, she had to run my oldest daughter into dance, and she just got here, and they parked alongside of me, and my youngest is outside was outside my truck making faces at me, to <laughs> yeah. draw my attention. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I think one of my one of my favorite adult memories of Paul. Um, I just was randomly over at his at his house one day. Uh, I don't even know what for. It was just stopping by for a minute, and uh, uh, we were standing out behind the garage, and the two little girls poked their heads out from the uh, the window upstairs, and they're Dad, can we? What? I don't even know what they're saying, but you know, and oh yeah, no, no, just a minute, I'll be in or whatever. And I said, Oh, look at that. It's just like. Uh, it's like two damsels in distress just waiting for Prince Charming to come along and sweep them off their feet. And he stopped, and he, he got real somber, and he said, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> and he walked away. <laughs> and, and I think that was the moment I realized, uh, you know, what the payback that was coming back to him for all the anguish that I know that he caused uh, several dads and when he was young. So, Oh, man, Karma's yeah. got a big old train coming for you, huh? Yeah, uh, it appears so. <laughs> well, I say all the time, right? I couldn't couldn't be luckier to have two little girls. Oh, you're extremely lucky. Yeah, no, they're uh, just uh, just amazing kids. All of them are, are amazing kids. And but uh, but yeah, uh, I I wish that we could. Uh, it would be appropriate to go into some of the uh, some of the stories because it's nothing terrible, but. Uh, but man, there's there's so many things that happened when we were young that uh, it was well, very I, memorable. I I know there's video of Paul dealing with three of the young ladies in Bemidji yeah, during a rainout, getting a hair, his hair done, I think. Yeah, the, right in the Renegade trailer. Yeah, the, uh, I I wasn't sure where that 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 line was going, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the, I, the there's video of Paul dealing with three ladies. I'm like. <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> we're not really going to talk about that, are we? <laughs> no, no, we're going to leave the Wasota uh, 100 out of it. <laughs> all, all I'll say is they had the his his dad had the coolest dog named Sly, and uh, it was what kind of what kind of dog was Sly? He was huge. Yeah, he, he was a black lab Irish setter mix. But you're right; oh, I boy. think he was just shy of 100 pounds. He was giant, but the coolest, like most chill, relaxed dog that there was. And Sly slept on the stairs. If you you know never been to to Paul's dad's place, that's a giant garage. I mean, um, and then Paul kind of his room was up top, you know, like a mezzanine, and kind of overlooked the whole garage. So um, anyway, but Sly slept right on top of the uh, the top of the stairs. So he had to go up the stairs 
and into uh, to get into Paul's room. And so Sly was kind of the guardian. And uh, there's a night or two that he fell asleep <laughs> and didn't didn't warn anybody like he should have. And uh, and uh, people walked in when they maybe shouldn't have, so to speak. And I can remember Sly getting the old uh, Sly. What were you doing, man? What happened? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh, Moving on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next. No, no. Well, that's this is part of what campfire story. Right. This is part of what makes the series so uh, so awesome, though, because these are you know some maybe not exactly those kind of memories, but uh, there there's a lot of you know memorable stuff, and I mean I think we could probably have one episode just dedicated to to experiences that we had last summer. Um, you know, especially with the new families of Josh and Lance and all those guys around and now some of their kids, um, you know, Teal's little boy Huxley is, uh, is super cool. There's a lot of, a lot of cool pictures of Huxley kind of, you know, learning and experiencing in the pit area and, uh, and, uh, you know, Lance has a boy, little boy Owen and his daughter Hope, which is a, she's a snowmobile racer, yep. you know, I mean, so all of this like is just becomes full circle at some level, you know, so, and our kids yep. are running around. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. How come, how come the Schultz how come the Schultz family doesn't have sleds in the KC Pro ice racing? Um, they uh, they dabbled uh, one year. They they we had kind of uh, went there and watched uh, Peyton and Gabby, and then I think it was uh, that same year we actually uh, worked out a deal with well Craig Loftall offered to let the girls try out one of his sleds and uh, they entered and they, they both did well. They both had a blast. Um, but I, you know, it's one thing my wife is really into horses and I'm really into race cars. And I think, you know, I've always told the story that, uh, that's part of the reason why we get along really well is that we understand that, um, how somebody can spend so much time and money on something other than another person, you know, I mean, anybody that's really into horses understands that they're expensive and they need time and, uh, that parallels race cars. And, um, you know, so we kind of together as we started having children out, uh, you know, basically have just decided that we're not going to push either one of those, um, things onto either one of, you know, we, I have two girls and on either one of them. And, you know, if we'll introduce them to them and encourage them or help them if that's what they want to do and kind of just see where things go. And they had a blast and uh, I bought a sled. Actually, I was going to convert one one season and uh, they just kind of said, you know, yeah, we don't we don't really, you know, they, like didn't want to do it enough to like for me to follow through. So I just sold the sled and and it kind of seems to be the same with the horses. They have a blast. They enjoy doing it. You know, they'll show them, they'll do all that, they'll get their ribbons. and uh, But if we ask them the next weekend, hey, what do you want to do for the weekend? Uh, generally, they say the lake. They want to go swimming, they want to go do other things. So I guess we've kind of just going to let them choose their own path. Now, do you think that's going to fit better in, in the lifestyle this summer, only running the Renegade Series, than, it, than basically running the Modified all year? I Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, and there's there's pros and cons to that uh, the right the the weekly grind is no longer a legitimate thing and you know one thing um, you know being involved in this series with Kaylee you know kind of from the beginning him and I bounce a lot of ideas off of each other and and I think that's one of the positives is to not have 
um, someplace where you are every week or, you know, you have the ability to take time off. Um, you know, we're not running for points and we're not at the same place. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen the schedule for 2020, but if it's similar to last year, Neither we have have we. <laughs> most, yeah, most of July off and, and, uh, in most sanctions, that's kind of unheard of. So I think it's definitely pretty cool. Um, and it does allow some flexibilities with families and, and, uh, you know, other things, right. Which, right. Well, and part of it is, I mean, from all, all the way around, like, you know, you don't want to starve the fans, but on the same token, um, you know, too much I of think a good thing isn't always enough. Well, there's so many things to do for everybody, not just us, you know, uh, but, but the fans have, have lives and their kids want to go to the lakes and stuff too. And, uh, so, you know, Paul and I have, have talked about this a hundred times, but, you know, let's have 20 like phenomenal shows that are, you know, kind of almost can't miss events or even less, you know, 15. Um, and I do anticipate that the month of July will be pretty quiet for us again, um, which is super nice. Um, and there's lots of other renegade series and UMSS series and whatever. If a guy wants to race, I mean, you can put in, you know, 60 nights in one of these cars if you want, um, but you don't have to. And you don't feel obligated to because of the dollars that you have into it either. So, uh, um, you know, that's that's my hope for the series um, is just I want the shows to be like can't miss events. Like when we're in town, you got to come and watch because we're only coming there once or twice that summer. And that's that's it, you know. Right. Like the week, like the week of power with it being a four night swing between Grand Rapids, Hibbing, uh, Superior and Proctor. Right. That's that's the yep. only time we stack them up like that, right? With both series and and probably some uh, Western Renegades coming over and right. uh, Eastern Renegades coming over. And hopefully, I forgot how to pronounce that again. Shaman. Shawamig. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Paul's the one that knows how. Yeah, he's our resident expert. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, um, you know that's uh, absolutely that's the most important thing though is to. Uh, not let this become a uh you know kind of vanilla like oh well if we'll catch them next week if they're not here you know like oh it's either now or or you wait you know till next year or whatever so right. i think that's an important aspect of it i think Keep eric becker special. i think eric becker will be happy that somebody at least knew how to pronounce the name of his yeah, series yeah he's, he's moving up sorry eric <laughs> we uh we'll get it right yet so <laughs> I was thinking if we didn't get it right today, I was calling him tomorrow and getting him on the show just to pronounce the name of the dang series. Right, right. It's a special episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we actually have a, uh, um, the, the, his name is Jack, uh, and I should look it up. It's like Nigalison, Neg- Neg- I think. Um, but he is from Grand Rapids. He actually, him and Horseleaf are, are good pals, even to this day, I guess. Um, and I spent three hours on the phone. This guy's, you know, middle central California, um, and has he's pretty upset with USAC for uh, what he feels like they've done to racing out there. Um, they've been sitting around in California watching videos of our races, and uh, they're they're ready to go. Like he's he is full steam ahead. Wants to wants to get a series. He wants to adopt our rules. In fact, you know, we became. Uh, kind of such fast friends over the over the phone that he's actually building a motor in a car and he was going to drag it 3,000 miles just to come race at a couple Northern Renegades races because he's from Grand Rapids and he has family still here. 
Um, and, and I said, Hey dude, you, if you come up here if you come that far, you, you know, you adopt our rules package and get something going on there and you, you come all this way, uh, to experience this. I mean, you can run my car for the night if you want. That's, that's not a big deal. Uh, because I mean, he's been around, I mean, some of the, like, if you remember like Thursday night thunder on like the Nashville network and some of that, and, um, I'm trying to remember some of the names, but, uh, um, I think there was a page, uh, page Jones or something like that. Uh, some of these guys anyway, that we watched when we were kids, I mean, he was in the middle of all of that building motors and, uh, I mean, and right now he builds a $9,000 injector setup for the 305 sprint cars and what? they're lined up to buy it. Um, you know, it's all billet. He sent me some pictures of it. It's beautiful stuff, but even he realizes, I mean, that's just, that's not what the 305 sprints were, were designed for. And that's how far out of hand they've gotten already. And, uh, I mean, so we might potentially have, uh, you know, another series in California just, you know, taken off. Like, it's it's crazy. But, you know, guys that have been around a long time can see the value in it and, and what's happening. Well, it's, crazy. it's inexpensive, so obviously it's going to be good. Well, let the boys put on a show, you know. Don't <laughs> let their wallets dictate what's going on, so... But uh, but anyway, that's that's my uh, news and notes for uh, for this week. But um, what else, Paul? Um, there's got to be some sponsors and stuff that have helped you that you you know want our eight or nine people that are listening now um, <laughs> to <laughs> to know about. Um, yeah, you know, over the years, I've been uh, I've been very fortunate um, to have a good support system. Um, uh, you know, my dad, of course, has been with me forever. My uncle Brian, my stepmom Barb. Uh, a lot of people think he's my uncle, but he's my—he's uh, a good friend of mine, Kevin Castle. Um, uncle Kevin, we'll have to start calling him that. Uncle, uncle Kevin. Kev, yeah, it's—it's it's funny. <laughs> you, you and your uncle, you know, because my uncle Brian helps me a lot too. But you know, it's like, uh, well, you know, he's not actually my uncle, but Kevin's been with me since I've—I started modified. Uh, so that's been a stretch, and of course. My wife and uh, her family are big race fans. Uh, you know, I, I I'm very fortunate to have a good network. And then, of course, right on the on the sponsorship side, uh, you know, Keller Fence. Uh, you know, even uh, prior to Kaylee kind of running the show there, Steve um, sponsored me. His very first year was my very first year uh, full time in a Superstock, and we kind of grew together. Um, so I've been I've been happy to support Keller Fence uh, in their north, in their existence. Um, I got uh, Aspire Heating and Control, Automotive Electric, Fastenal, uh, Northland Hydraulic Service. Um, I, I guess I've been lucky to have a lot of these sponsors uh, over the year stick with me and, and uh, you know, moving on to the spring car division, even though we won't be local every night. I'm I'm uh, I'm certain I can do them some sort of uh, justice and continue to carry their colors and do uh, do what I can for them um, wherever I, I wherever that may be take us I guess. Well, it'll be a hell of a show. Uh, even I mean, we are going to be in Rapids eight nights, I believe this this summer is the plan, and um, there'll be eight nights that will be uh, that won't want to won't want to miss. So the the Orange One Hundred One will be uh, will be putting on a show one way or the other. I'm sure. Yep, yep, and we're looking forward to it. That that was something I wanted to ask you about, Paul. Yeah, because back in back in the Superstock days, uh, 
you ran the number 88 for a few years. Yep. You weren't, um, you weren't always the 101. I mean, most guys pick a number and they run with it their entire career, unless you're Kaylee Emerson and he's pretty much ran the whole gamut of numbers. <laughs> but uh, i got to keep changing identities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah okay. um, you know, I guess, uh, you know, here again, growing up, uh, you know, around the race shop with my dad, um, he ran, he's ran multiple different car numbers, not a lot, but, um, uh, when I was younger, back in the street claimer days, one of the cars that he ran occasionally was number 88. Um, and they had the kind of the double digit thing, uh, Mike Zamolin, who helps Kaylee out Well, pretty much anybody that asks him a question, he'll give a hand to, but, uh, Zummy's, uh, fortunate to be back in our lives here but he ran the number 77 uh um todd lovedahl ran the 99 kurt bertwick ran the 66 i mean so we kind of went with a double digit theme back in those days when my dad was running and and 88 was the number that i was thought was kind of cool and uh, i was a dale jr fan and and um so i just started off with the 88 and then after a few years um you know kind of maybe looking for a little bit of uh, lady luck if you will uh, to change things up, I switched to the number 101, and, and uh, you know, as it turned out, that kind of was the year we started picking up a few more wins and kind of just kind of turned things around and, and uh, you know, probably had more to do with experience than the number, but, you know, racer, most racers are superstitious to some level, and uh, I've, I've pretty much stuck with it. I do like the fact that it's a three-digit number and a little bit different, you know, so regardless if you've saw it one time or a dozen times, it, it kind of stands out. And it was your dad's number. At one it was time. my dad's number, right. So yeah, it was another inherited number. Um, I would say the number that he ran the majority of his career, yes. I see. I thought it was your favorite movie, you know, 101 Dalmatians. Oh. No, <laughs> no. Oh, they, do have, uh, they do have a cool dog, though. They've always had, uh, Lindsay and Paul have always had really cool dogs. Uh, Dobermans, yep. all right? Yep, Dobermans, yep. Yeah. So, the mean, really it, mean ones. They're yep, <laughs> vicious yep. attack dogs. They're don't don't guard in the, the tower. Right. <laughs> <laughs> are, they, are they min pins? No, they're they're uh, full-size. Uh, uh, this one, I, I, I like to tease her that she's only half-size, but she's about 55 pounds. Our first one was 98 pounds. And uh, so, yeah, no, we... Yeah, uh, they, they look, I mean, they look intimidating, but... But they're, uh, yeah, marshmallows. <laughs> yeah. <This laughs> not one like, now not is like just, Cujo. No, this this one they have now is just a she's just a goofball. So it runs all around and yeah, it's just pretty pretty cool dog. <laughs> when uh, my wife and I got married, we were actually uh, at our reception and a, a lady, a family friend of on my wife's side, uh, handed us papers to a, a Doberman puppy. You know, she had purchased her through a a kennel and. And basically said, you know, if you don't want her, that's fine. But uh, here's your paperwork. And uh, so we were kind of like, well, you know, I was always into hunting dogs and labs and and uh, that kind of thing. And I thought, you know, so we talked about it. And it's like, well, yeah, we'll give it a whirl. And, uh, you know, my wife and I have fell in love with the breed. It's kind of funny. But, um, you know, I would suspect that if we're going to continue to have dogs, that that's probably the, the angle we will grow with. Yeah, they're uh, they're very cool, and they couldn't find a better family dog than what they have. So, 
She's a, she's a goofball. At least she looks intimidating through the window, because otherwise she's she's definitely more scared of her own shadow, I think, than uh, than anything. So. Yeah. Well, Paul, I know you've been sitting in your truck for about an hour now, so <laughs> we'll we'll let you get done with your plowing and get back to your life. Thanks for being a part of it with us here on the Renegades and Dirt podcast and being a part of the Northern Renegades Non-Wing Sprint Car Series. We do appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, pal. Yep, thanks, guys, for having me, and uh, looking forward to see where things go. All right, that's Paul Schultz, the driver of the number 101 Northern Renegades Non-Wing Sprint Car Series entry. And, man, you know, if you want to be a guest on the show, don't be afraid to drop us a line at rodpodcast at nrsprints.com or message us through Facebook and our Facebook page. That's facebook.com backslash rodpodcast. Kaylee, you looked like you had something you wanted to add. Oh, I, I could talk all night, you know that. But, no, <laughs> uh, we do have a good selection of guests still to come, though. Yes. Um, that's not to say that we're out of guests by any means. Oh, no. we, have, we have a ton of, uh, of really fun people coming up. I um, think it's going to be some quality entertainment. We have all these, these fancy microphones now. Uh, yeah. So hopefully we're sounding a little better. If not, in the next couple of weeks, we will be sounding a little better <laughs> as we learn the buttons and uh, and how everything works. But, uh, you know, the, having a little character in the podcast, uh, I think is uh, it's good. I think that kind of matches where we're at with the series right now. So Well, you know, we'll get it figured out eventually. Or I, we won't. Whatever. I, just, I just hope that, that these put everybody in a little bit better mood. I had... Today I was uh, I was pretty grumpy all day long, and uh, you know walking in here and talking to Paul and hanging out with you. I mean that's it just always puts me in a lot better mood. So uh, I was okay. actually well, part of what I talked to Miles uh, Tomlinson, or as we're gonna call him from now on, Moses Tomlinson, because he <laughs> just just seems to have parted the waters and uh, and is just making traction like you can't believe. But uh, but yeah, um, I was I was talking with Moses and Sam, and they said, well, they both listened. And I said, well, can you listen separately so that it looks like there's more people? <laughs> <laughs> but uh but no they're uh they he told me that they have uh they have 30 shows on tap for next year that's insane and uh and they i mean they have a kind of a core group of you know 10 to 12 guys that are you know they want more like they're they're ready to go and uh you know they've got i don't i think 20 cars um yeah. that have been purchased that are are uh, in garages uh being put together for next year i mean oh, just, they just added another one I just saw that the other day on Facebook That's that there was another one coming home. With crazy, um, they unbelievable that, the, the response he's got. The region was starved, and and I'm telling you, I mean, I, you can say whatever about the conditions and the people and whatever, but you know, uh, nobody will go out and spend these dollars on a series that hasn't hasn't turned a lap yet, um, unless they completely trust, you know, the guy that's heading it. And uh, Miles Moses is that guy, right? And we're uh, so now we're trying to think up a uh, a biblical name for uh, for Sam so they can they can be paired up. So we'll have to <laughs> have to dig into that. <laughs> you, you, you'll have to dig out your Bible and and see what Moses' wife's name. Yeah, is. yeah. There's uh, so, but you know, awesome people, and uh, uh, you know, we just couldn't be more excited for them. And to uh, you know, this this summer we're uh, uh, hopefully this week actually we'll be kind of confirming the dates for. Uh, Fargo, uh, Ada, let's see, Ada, Fargo, and then now Buffalo River. 
um, which is a track we weren't able to get into last year uh, due to some scheduling stuff, and we ended up driving right past them, you know, on a day that they were racing, and so it was kind of a bummer, but um, they were actually able to stack Lisbon on that, which is, you know, the opposite direction for us, but, right. uh, you know, like Troy Gessner was, was pretty... Uh, um, excited to uh to go out he's got family that way um so we're uh uh you know a couple of us hopefully and you know won't have conflicts that monday and we'll be able to go run with uh the western renegades in lisbon and that'll be a four night swing so uh so that'll be fun and especially get to get to hang out with that group because uh you know if they're all like miles and uh and sam and, and miles family they're uh uh, it's going to be a pretty special group as well, so so we're really excited. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how many of those guys uh, make the Eastern Pole to come and run the. the well, I think they got some real racers, so I mean it's it's conceivable that uh, you know we're going to see some cars coming this way, which would be great. Well, Miles um, keeps threatening that, but <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, I I would take I I I went from telling him, hey, if you have any questions on anything or you need any help, you know, let me know to go on well i might call you and ask you some stuff because uh, <laughs> he just got this all figured out i mean his schedule is uh i think he told me tonight if i heard him right that his schedule's done i mean he's got one more show that won't be but i mean he probably be releasing his schedule next week i said i mine usually gets done in like you know april yeah <laughs> so i, I know. mean it's ridiculous but uh I mean, we're really close on ours right now which is you know thank goodness but Phenomenal. Uh, yeah no it, it'll be very helpful but i mean to come out you know this early in the game and and uh, you know um, if you haven't checked it out it's uh the western renegade renegades i know that's a point of contention uh, with certain people but uh, uh we'll get everybody on the same I'm page I'm just, check it out on facebook they got some cool t-shirts that are for sale and uh um you're, you're gonna call him moses i'm gonna call him mose i told him we're gonna make up a t-shirt that we will be selling and we'll make our own western renegades <laughs> uh, t-shirt i'll just call him mo <laughs> Mo's. And, uh, yeah i was gonna have him uh you know parting parting the seas with his staff you know and, and uh this be be good though i but i mean man how how lucky are we to have uh be surrounded by so many good people right and uh series popping up left and right and uh hopefully well, there's actually a conference call i'm supposed to be on right now but i had politely bowed out they can handle it without me um but hopefully we'll be confirming some more really exciting news uh, that we can announce next week and uh yeah i mean things are happening man working on a couple new sponsors good, good. i wish i could say uh could say more about that but it's still kind of kind of early but uh um we don't ever announce those things until the ink's dry on the contract right right but uh some really exciting names um and Shh. and but people that we, uh, people and companies that we feel like, you know, we can really help make a difference for them right. um, without, you know, leveraging our guys to have to buy a certain, you know, piece or, or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, right. uh, but, but, you know, we can use our series to represent them and give them, you know, a voice at the racetrack, um, a place to, a platform to sell from. And, and I'm telling you, man, I am, I spent two nights last week learning how to create giant fireballs for our shows and my, my wife has not she she is not a uh a believer in the pyro side of our we our are, show yet but we are not doing acetylene bombs no 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 i these are i'm a legit might be a little bit of a stretch but <laughs> but uh no i i just i mean i am intent and for the first time ever uh i'm definitely not done racing but 
Um, I'm as excited to put on our shows as I am to race a car. And that's, you know, that might not mean a lot to, to most people out there, but, uh, that's a, that's a big step for me. And, uh, I, you know, and I, a lot of that's due to, I mean, the excitement that you've generated through all of the media, um, and, and kind of doing your end, but, uh, man, I just can't wait to see where we can, uh, where we can take all this. And, you know, that's, that's my goal is I, you know, I want it to be an affordable show. Um, I want it to, to be the funnest show. And then, I mean, I want it to feel like the world of outlaws are in town. You know, right. um, and that's because we can put on that quality of a show. I have no doubt. I mean, I know that in my heart that that, uh, you know, the racing is as good and will be as good or better than any other product on the racetrack, period. Um, that part is part that I don't have to worry about. That's coming right. on its own. But oh, it, it's worked its way in there already. Yeah. I, yeah. There's, there's nights where. Oh, you don't know where to look. Well, that's the best part is there's racing going on all the way around the racetrack. And, you know, it's contested from, from 1st to 20th, you know. Is yeah. there, there's no spot that's undisputed, you know. Like, you are firmly in 11th. Like, no, you're not. So <laughs> No, because there's five other guys right there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so, uh, no, I just feel like uh, we're poised to uh, to just blast off here and, and take this thing, you know, so much further. Um, and, and the big thing is just not to misstep and, and change the priorities of, um, you know, what got us here. And that's, that's, like I said earlier though, that's part of why, um, you know, it's so important that, you know, the, the series that start up or the people that, you know, believe in this and want to, want to kind of do their own thing and get their own group going is, uh, you know, you have to understand why this works. Um, you know, from, from the basic level, not just, the parts that you like about it and then you'll add ad lib in between it it uh, yeah. it's been proven you know several times now that that it just doesn't work that way so right so it's all or nothing in a way yeah you got to take the whole basket and all of its content right and go through yeah. <laughs> you know this is step one this is step two this is step three they're there for a reason right well and it's you know i mean you end up with uh something in the middle um you know, if you start changing some of the fundamental things um, or trying to incorporate, I mean, well, let me put it this way. I guess the best way to say it is that you exclude, by trying to include existing cars and existing platforms or whatever, you exclude everybody else that might potentially believe in this and, and want to get in because they don't want more of the same. They're not willing to, they, if they were willing to do that, they already would, you know what I mean? Right. This is about getting new people into race cars getting people that were forced out of racing into race cars, you know, and if you don't like that, we'll keep, there's, there's so many other places that you can go and race, um, which is great. Go for it. We, we want to see you out there racing, even if it's not with us, um, you know, and it's trying to help put fans back in the stands. Right. Right. I mean, because as the car counts dwindled, so I have the fan counts. Well, and, and uh, there's a, a misconception, um, that a lot of, people in the business have that you know the the cars bring people and they do to some extent but you know you can't you know if you had 40 late models roll through the gate um you got to pay 40 late models yep they're those the people aren't going to automatically show up because there's 40 cars there that night you know now right. in the long run right. yeah that'll be helpful and you'll be able to put on a good show and whatever but um you know and there, this discussion is so much more broad even than this but um you know the bottom line is that like Paul said it perfect. We're entertainers. And that's one thing that actually, 
you know, our next meeting, which I probably should announce that sooner than later, but we're going to, Rapid does not, the Grand Rapids Speedway is not having a December meeting for their membership, so we'll probably have our own meeting at uh, at Keller Fence on okay. on uh, this third Monday um, at 6 o'clock. That puts you right close to Christmas break. Yeah, and that's the reason that Grand Rapids doesn't have a meeting, but um, we've got so many new guys that are excited, you know, I don't, it's probably not necessary to show up but you know we want the new people to be involved and we want them you know get them as much information as possible but one of the things that i actually want to talk to them about is about that putting on a show aspect like you know it's you need laps you need lap times you know you're not going to be right up front right away you need to learn the car and what it can do but what better way to do that than moving around the racetrack don't get complacent don't fall in line right try stuff do stuff you know if you want to be a hero, you got to drive like a hero. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't just worry about screwing up or, you know, what are people going to think or whatever. Like, you know, obviously we don't want guys driving over each other, but, um, you know. Yeah, you can you catfish all day to catch Jory, but what are you going to do when you get there? Right. It's, exactly. the, only, it's the only line you know. Exactly. That, oops. <laughs> exactly. No, you got to explore and drive the car and don't be afraid to, uh, you know, practice your slide jobs and, and mix it up with, with your buddies and have a good time. I mean, that's... Uh, it'll add to the show and you're gaining that valuable experience that much faster. Um, you know, there's so much more to this than just showing up, you know, kicking your car off the trailer and, you know, going and seeing what you got. I mean, um, you know, this works because of all the different aspects are being addressed and, uh, and are, are changing the fundamental formula where used to just be able to have races and, and people would show up. Well, it's too much to do nowadays. So, yeah. I mean, it's got to be entertainment for, especially for what you have to charge people to get in. I mean, it's just, you're you're going against every movie, every, you know, online thing. Uh, I mean, hell, you can drive a race car virtually. I mean, you can race a NASCAR, a cup car online if you got a good enough computer, you know, yeah. and it's pretty damn realistic. So, I mean, you're competing against that stuff now for racers, you know, so. Right. So, yeah, but exciting stuff. Um, hopefully make some announcements here in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. Um, and, I mean, I think that was pretty much the extent of the stuff I was, <laughs> I was been dying to talk about. So, so I, I like these new microphones. These are kind of nice, aren't they? Yeah, they're, uh, they're cute. And our luxurious uh, uh, studio, which will be relocated somewhere, some, some winter to the Bahamas. Or someplace warm. <laughs> this, well, this, not, uh, this cold weather is. I'm uh, sure the Bahamas is a great idea. Well, I mean, it's not a terrible idea either. No, it's not a horrible. Idea. <laughs> right? I mean, it's, I mean, it's it's worth considering. We could we could take two weeks. There you go. Just, take this show on the road. There you go. Well, and what better way to to practice? You know, doing live spots um, at the racetrack than if we took everything to the Bahamas. I mean, if you can make it work there. Well, I mean, Greenbush shouldn't be a big deal, right? I'm game. <laughs> well, we'll work on those sponsorships, I guess. <laughs> we'll get there. So, I wonder but, if Sun Country would be willing. <laughs> well, I, I haven't contacted them. They're, they're not on the list yet. Well, they're a Minnesota-based company. That's so, right. You know. That's right. No, there's, just leave no rock unturned, right? So, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, that's all I had for you. That was it. All right. This is Randy and Kaylee, and if you want to be a guest on the show, please don't be afraid to contact us. Or if us. you have constructive feedback. Hey, constructive feedback or works for me, too. Or unconstructive feedback. We'd love to, love to chat it all up. So. Hey, unconstructive feedback we can use as paper. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So, <laughs> you've been listening to the official 
podcast of the Northern Renegades and the Renegades brand sprint car series. Renegades Nation. Renegades Nation. New logo coming soon. <laughs> We're going to go with Renegades Nation for now <laughs> until we get told no. <laughs> <laughs> who's gonna tell us no anyway uh, right? I, I don't know we're not gonna listen to him anyways <laughs> <laughs> all right well thanks everybody for listening we really appreciate it hope you have a great week send us all your comments and concerns and even just general bs to uh, rod podcast at nrsprints.com and we will be back next week with oh my lord leah Steele. No, we had it already, didn't we? Or we haven't released that one yet. <laughs> it, 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 see? The character. We're adding character to the show. <laughs> my Lord almighty. That's right. We'll see everybody. We, we, we we'll got so many things going on. Kaylee's not even not sure what the hell's going on anymore. <laughs> That's why I'm not in charge. <laughs> so I show up late and leave early. We'll be back next week with Leah Steele, and we'll learn a little more about the lady behind the wheel. <laughs> Take us out of here, Jimmy. <laughs> I'm trying. Dang it. This is the Renegades on Dirt. We'll talk to you next week. Palmer's Tavern in downtown Hibbing, Minnesota has been a park edition tradition for 75 years. Stop in and check out their signature Donato Burger. Absolutely mouthwatering. They got bone-in and boneless hot wings. Beer on tap and 12 big screen TVs to watch the games on. Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota Wild, it doesn't matter. You're going to catch every shot, touchdown, and goal. Don't forget, check out their daily rotating specials. That's Palmer's Tavern in downtown Hibbing, Minnesota, a park edition tradition for 75 years. Palmer's Tavern. Check them out on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Palmer's Tavern. Old World Meats in Hermantown, Minnesota brings you a fresh new line of snack sticks. Beef snack sticks that are juicy, moist, tender, everything you want to be from a snack stick. And they come in about 30 different flavors. They keep rotating through the flavors. It's hard to keep track of them. My favorite, barbecue honey. Honey barbecue, however you want to say it. Absolutely to die for snack sticks. Old World Meats down in Hermantown, Minnesota, the Residual family making beef products for 75 years. Thanks a lot to Old World Meats. Hey, are you feeling a little run down? Need a little pick-me-up? Got to get that little boost of energy to get you to the end of the day? Grab yourself a liquid nitro herbal energy shooter. Comes in a variety of flavors, a little three ounce size, gonna give you enough power to get to the finish line. If you don't think that's quite enough for you, get yourself a 16 ounce can. <clears throat> a variety of flavors available in that. My favorite, Tropical Storm. Liquid Nitro Energy Drink, giving you the power to get to the finish line, and that's noble.
well, baby, it's a land of barbed wire, moonshine, whiskey. Park your car, get stuck. Go and grab you a beer and get on up in the truck. It's going down tonight. It's all on me, it's BYOB, and I got all we need. Yeah, boy, I'm about to show me a city slicker. How to kick it in the sticks with the critters down on our side.